George, uh, where are we going? Because I thought the matter was in the Milimani law courts. <laughs> this old man responds by putting his hand on my thigh, pushing my skirt way up. We're going to have a good time. Just me and you. <laughs> I tried to stay calm. More importantly, I had to look calm. But my mind was racing. At that point, it was just the two of us on Mombasa Road. What should I do? My name is Sophia Rajabla-Tapen, an advocate of the High Court of Kenya and the creator and host of the Dear Law podcast. Dear Law is a project focused on using storytelling, feminist and survivor-centered approaches to bring to the fore the sexual harassment experiences of women in the legal profession and the prevalence of sexual harassment in the workplace. While the Dear Law podcast is focused on the legal profession, we recognize that the experiences and stories involving the harassment of women cut across all professions and social spheres. This project was inspired by the Me Too movement that prompted critical conversations towards accountability for sexual harassment. The goal of Dear Law is to amplify the voices and collective sexual harassment experiences of women in the legal profession with a view to disrupt the normalization of sexual harassment. You should be aware that because this podcast is about sexual harassment, we will be talking about a difficult subject matter that might be disturbing for some listeners. This episode also contains and explores other mature themes, therefore listener discretion is advised. As we continue to open up the conversation on the differences between the provisions of sexual harassment in the Sexual Offences Act and sexual harassment in the Employment Act, we continue to receive feedback from several women, and even men who have experienced sexual harassment in the legal profession. So what recourse do victims have in these circumstances? We will get to that. Now, in the previous episode, I mentioned the term holding over will come up a number of times, and we also mentioned how difficult that period is for any lawyer. Let's get back to our story. To maintain confidentiality, names, Organizations, employers, and other identifiable characteristics have been replaced and the voices reenacted. But the story is very real. Holding over is a critical period in any soon to be advocate's career. It's like purgatory, you're in limbo. During that time, we were two people holding over. My colleague was Mill. The managing partner had made one thing clear. Let me just be honest with you. Only one of you can get this position. <laughs> Good luck. This meant that each of us would take on extra assignments to outdo each other. My male colleague had a special brother bond with the boss in that they would go for drinks together after work, stuff like that. <laughs> Another round. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> yeah, I insist. <laughs> Because of what I had heard about this managing partner and his string of affairs, 
I didn't think it was a good idea to have an extracurricular relationship with him. So, extra assignments it was for me. Early one morning, I arrived at the office and found that the managing partner was already at work as well. Oh, good. You're here. Bright and early as always. Mm, I like that. That's why today you're coming with me to court. Oh, wow. I was so excited because this was the first time he asked me to accompany him. He always chose my male colleague over me, you know, because of their friendship. Let's use my car. I'll drive. Okay. This was a bit strange because we would ordinarily use a company vehicle and a driver. That was the first red flag. In his car, the conversation started out casual. Nothing really serious. Do you prefer cold or hot weather? Um, I guess either is fine. Um, possibly. <laughs> you know, rain. Rain also has a calming effect on me. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You like music? Ah, yeah, I do. Um, um, possibly <laughs> rock. Ah, rock. <laughs> then he started by saying, I like how you think. I want us to do this more often. Hey, hey, hey. relax. Eh? I don't bite. Feel free around me. Feel free. Hmm? <laughs> when we got to Integrity Center, instead of making the turn towards Milimani Law Courts, he turns onto Uhuru Highway and then Mombasa Road. When I saw Mombasa Road is when the brightest red flag was shown. I don't buy it. <laughs> I had previously heard rumors of Mombasa Road trips that would always lead to some discreet getaway. So stupidly I asked the guy, oh, where are we going? Because I thought the matter was in the Milimani Law Courts. <laughs> this old man responds by putting his hand on my thigh, pushing my skirt way up. We're going to have a good time, just me and you. <laughs> I tried to stay calm. More importantly, I had to look calm, but my mind was racing. At that point, it was just the two of us on Mombasa Road. What should I do? If I don't find an amicable way to dissolve the situation, then either I don't have a job the next day, or I'm left stranded in the middle of Mombasa Road en route to Machakos. Or much worse. Let's take a moment and consider her options. Even without the professional backdrop, there is the practical aspect. A moving car, an older, stronger man, an imbalance of power, and one other thing. Section 11A of the Sexual Offences Act criminalizes indecent acts with an adult, which is defined as an unlawful, intentional act which causes any contact between any part of the body of a person with the genital organs, breasts, or buttocks of another, 
but does not include an act of penetration. The managing partner here ran his hand up her thigh. Her thigh. A body part that is not listed among the three body parts on which unwelcome touch is considered an indecent act. That's a bit crazy, right? On the flip side, Section 6 of the Employment Act states that an employee is sexually harassed if an employer or a co-worker directly or indirectly requests that employee for sexual intercourse or sexual contact that, to paraphrase, has implications on that employee's future treatment in the workplace. So, does she have grounds for a sexual harassment complaint under the Sexual Offences Act or even under the Employment Act? And... Back to the scenario in the car. What would you do as a woman if a situation got to this point? Let's find out what she did. Let's call her Emma. George's hand rested on my thigh. Having made his intentions clear. So I looked at him. And smiled. And told him, okay. On an impulse, I took my phone and started fidgeting with it. I went to the ringtones and pressed on a random tune. And then used my drama talent. Hello? Yes, this is Emma. What? When did this happen? Oh, no! What's wrong? My father has been admitted to Nairobi Hospital. They said he might not make it. It worked. It worked. He turned the car around and drove me to Nairobi Hospital. That was my last day ever working for this guy. I couldn't go back to that workplace. The whole situation made me feel so vulnerable, so weak, like I amounted to nothing. Whatever effort you put, you would never be able to compete with your male colleagues unless you gave up a piece of yourself. To this day, I cannot ever put myself in a situation where I can be that vulnerable again. understanding was that the advances on her would be used as a basis of a decision on her career prospects with that law firm. The senior counsel was out of order. Any reasonable person would come to that conclusion. While the Sexual Offences Act provides that any person who commits an indecent act is guilty of an offence, proving that guilt is a different kettle of fish. And that word, reasonable, is an important one in this conversation. So, if I massage your shoulders, that's a problem. Even like a friendly shoulder rub. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> but I thought that's why you keep your skin so smooth, eh? <laughs> so we can touch it. <laughs> Are hugs counted? Because, think about it, my chest is touching your boobs. 
Can I at least hold your hand? Or your waist? I'm everything's Bluetooth now. No, I'm, I'm not a monk. Huh? Look, it's just a kiss on the cheek. I could have gone for the neck. <laughs> Why are you making such a big deal? What's wrong with you? Grow up. Well, you may cringe or be repulsed by the entitlement evident in these remarks. They do raise legitimate loopholes that can and have been used to exonerate alleged offenders. With the burden of proof on her, in her case, there were no witnesses, no physical evidence, and the body part she says he touched, her thigh, is not explicitly listed in the Sexual Offences Act. A rule of thumb would be that the absence of yes is simply no. But so as not to agitate her harasser, Emma simply said, Okay, how would that play out in a hearing? What would be registered as consent? George's hand rested on my thigh, having made his intentions clear. So I looked at him and smiled and told him, okay. Now, ponder for a moment the psychological impact of such an experience on her. The helplessness of her circumstance meant she could not fight back or resist. And would anyone believe her? I tried to stay calm. More importantly, I had to look calm. But my mind was racing. At that point, it was just the two of us on Mombasa Road. What should I do? While her male counterpart shared a mutual respect with his senior. <laughs> Another round. <laughs> a sort of, you know, guy code. She was objectified and reduced to merely a good time. And what happens to any future career prospects that may require her to cite that workplace and the man who harassed her as a reference? We're going to have a good time. Just me and you. <laughs> In a male-dominated field, women are often expected to quietly accept the expression of imbalance of power. Unfortunately, too often, this expression of power manifests as sexual harassment. The ambition of Dear Law and the Dear Law podcast is to bring to the fore and amplify the voices and collective sexual harassment experiences of women in the legal profession with a view to disrupt the normalization of sexual harassment. It is our goal that this disruption causes a shift in professional and workplace culture, policy and behavior towards women. If you're a woman in the legal profession who has encountered sexual harassment, we recognize and salute your courage. And yes, this is your personal experience and the impact on you is absolutely valid. That is why this podcast exists, to amplify your voice and disrupt the normalization of sexual harassment. Help us tell your story. Send your anonymous letters to letters at dear-law.com. You can even email to request a letter writing brief. Like and follow us at dearlaw underscore ke across all social media platforms. This podcast was produced by me, Sophia Rajivletapen, and Lee Kanyotu. Next on the Dear Law Podcast. Put it like this. 
I'm always a sharply dressed guy. If I speak in court, you know, I have the finesse of how I interact with the judges and the magistrate. Now I come and say uh, a client or a senior partner or senior advocate lady has been handling me in ways that are not meant to be done. That is meant for my girlfriend, wife, or uh, my partner. So, why do men not speak? My friends. One, peer psychology. If I speak about this before the rest of my peers, they will be like, ah, hey, what's up? Uh, you get? Anapewa na kata. Eh?